this article gets the award for the greatest line that I've read in a publication, which was three patients were injured after initiating flight without planned landing strategies. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Emergency Medicine Journal Club podcast. It's a medical education podcast where medical students teach each other about emergency medicine. My name is Armand, I'm a fourth year going into EM and I'm joined by my frightening co-hosts, Adam, Charlie, Nate, Danny, Kyle, Abby, Frankie, Pranav, and Taylor. Hey, I'm Adam Monday. I'm a third year medical student interested in emergency medicine, if they'll let me in. Nice, that's how we feel too. My name's Kyle, I'm a fourth year medical student going into emergency medicine, if they'll let me in. Hey everyone, my name is Pranav. I am a fourth year also begging to get into emergency medicine. I'm Taylor. I'm also a fourth year going to emergency medicine and Halloween is my favorite holiday of the whole year. I'm Frankie. I'm also a fourth year going to emergency medicine. I have the cutest baby in the world. She's unable to make an appearance because she's sleeping. Thank God. That's fine. She pushed the record button before she left. Hey, I'm Danny. I am a fourth year going into emergency medicine. I'm applying right now and the process is very spooky. Terrifying. Uh, hey everyone, my name is Charlie Hartley. I'm a third year med- or fourth year medical student. <laughs> um, also going into emergency medicine. And uh, yeah, I would agree with the, the scary part of this process. Um, but we're in it. We're in it to win it. So here we go. Trick or treat. Hi, my name is Nate Hollister. I'm also a fourth year going into emergency medicine. My name is Abby. I'm a fourth year medical student. And I'm going to just go out there and say I'm definitely going into emergency medicine. Confidence is key, kids. And I also agree that Frankie does, in fact, have the cutest baby I've ever seen. Yeah, the only reason I open Instagram anymore, really, is to just look at what programs are doing and then open your story so that I can get a brief glimpse of Noah. Do you think that because she's so cute, I'm going to get like my top pick for a residency? Yes, absolutely. Okay, I need to like profit off of my baby. So, you know. Yeah, just to start every interview with this is my child, put it, put her back down and be like, all right, now, which rotation should I start on? Can I start on the easy one at your <laughs> institution? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Also, based on, on the level of investment you're going to make in that child's life, you know what? If she starts paying off that debt early, hey. I'm you know, fine with it. I don't have that many, like, scruples, so. Because this is a Halloween podcast, can we get spoilers on what Noah's going to be dressed as for Halloween? Because that's very important. I want to do Star Wars theme, but that's overdone. I was like the original Star Wars fan, and now everybody's like, oh, Baby Yoda. And I'm like, no. no. So I have to rethink it. You should you have are. grown up Yoda as like a, an FU to the Baby Yoda piece. <laughs> sure. Can she wrinkle her face yeah. a lot? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. Can we talk about some of the fur babies at this point? I mean, what's Bella going to be for Halloween? Uh, she's not going to. She already looks like a gremlin all the time, dude. No. So I got her a fall jacket, though, from TJ Maxx when I went a little bit too overboard at TJ Maxx. And uh, it, it looks cool. It doesn't quite fit because um, she's gained a couple pounds, but that's fine. Um, OK, announcements. Guys, I got I got my dog a jacket. That was number one. We already talked about that. Two, what will Noah wear for Halloween costume? You guys already got this. Yes. We're all on the same bubble right now. Uh, and lastly, ERAS was submitted for all of us except for Adam. Wow. Dear God, help us. Yeah. That's all I got for announcements. Does anybody else have an amazing announcement? You're all great people. You're all going to match. And I just know it's going to happen. Thank you, Adam. 
Let's quickly go through the format, guys, because it's going to be a little bit changed. So normally we would have a case presented by one person and then that then we would all, you know, do the case and like try and get ourselves through it. Uh, and then we would fail phenomenally. And then at the end of it, uh, the person who's presenting the case would be like, here's the paper. Check it out. This is what you should have done. And here are the amazing things that you just learned. We're not going to do that this time. Instead, sorry, I just Bella just walked into the um, closed door room that I have. It's closed. I don't know how she got in here because she wasn't in here originally. Ooh, spooky. That is so we're starting off spooky, actually. <laughs> anyway, so the format is different this time because we have too many people to do that. Instead, I want you guys to kind of just start with something um, like a spooky question or something, a la stuff you should know, okay? And then get into one or two cool things that you learn from a paper that you that you are going to present. And then we'll talk like a little bit about it and that should take up all of our time. I'll be sharing pumpkin facts in between each person. Yeah, Kyle has too many um, appearances on the podcast, so he's going to be quiet for this one and just share pumpkin facts in between. And if you have any pumpkin facts, Abby, I know you're from the pumpkin capital. I have one specifically dedicated to Abby. Fantastic. All right, guys, I always like to go over our goals for the podcast. They are one, to learn one new thing, two, for that thing to be about emergency medicine, preferably from a journal article or something, but we'll be more lenient this time. And three, to have a little bit of fun while we do this, because the world is I'm going to get started with mine. Have you guys ever worked in a clinical setting at nighttime? I'm sure everybody is nodding. Yes. Have you ever worked perhaps when somebody else was working and they were like, ah, it must be a full moon tonight. Someone has probably said that to you at some point in your life. Well, I would like to present to you a couple articles that I found that actually take a look at the relationship between the phases of the moon and how much goes down or up into the fan. There is an actual article from 1996 that I found that looks at 80 volumes in this one suburban hospital that looks at basically how much people they get per day, depending on what phase of the moon it is. And does anybody want to take a guess on how related those two things are? Highly. 100% correlation. Taylor. <laughs> of course, completely related. Also, just before we continue, Halloween is on a Saturday of this year, and it's a full moon on Halloween this year. So this is incredibly, incredibly useful. Oh, my God. If anybody is um, working in the ED on that day, please let me know what happens I just want to know. I worked on Halloween one time and a guy came in in a Halloween costume really high. It was awesome. Back to my thing, though. There is no relationship between ED patient volumes with phases of the moon. I apologize. However, there are two other articles that I found. By the way, this has been extensively studied. People actually take a look at this for some reason. And there have been two articles that I found basically out of probably hundreds that show no relationship at all that have found a little bit of a relationship. One of them is a study that was done in Germany that basically found that during full moons, motorcycle accidents are way more common. And this is statistically significant uh, on the plausible relationship here. Do you know why there's more motorcycle accidents when there is a full because moon? Because they're looking at the moon and then they crash? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Okay. This, this is literally it. They're like, I just am imagining a whole bunch of, you know, German people going like, wow, boom. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, I was going to go with werewolves only live in Germany. So, no. No, that's not true. Okay. They also don't say wow in Germany. They say the German equivalent of that word. What is it? Is it like 99? Okay. (laughs) I'm going to put that in the podcast now every time we learn something new in the middle instead of the the more you know jingle. All right. My last one, really quick. There is an actual relationship that is statistically significant between the phase of the moon being a new moon and and a full moon and rupture of intracranial aneurysms in people. 
And the people who did this article, this was in 2017 from Banfield et al. in the journal Interventional Neuroradiology. And they found an actual relationship. And their plausible explanation of this is that the moon's gravitational pull, their explanation is that this small gravitational pull on this little tiny blood vessel just hits the wall at just the right force to blow up your aneurysm, which to me sounds like bull Totally unrelated. It has been scientifically proven in this one very small study. And that's what I got. what I told you last week. That's right. Yeah, exactly. The full moon. We're made of water. What's the p-value on that puppy? Hold on. Let me find you. The p-value is 0.059. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. The odds of the uh, aneurysm rupture were significantly greater, uh, 0.001, less than 0.001. They tended to be higher in the summer compared to autumn. That's the 0.059. So in the summer, when there's a full moon, don't have an intracranial aneurysm because it it might blow up. I love the, it has been scientifically proven in this very small study. <laughs> yep, there, that there's possibly a correlation, but probably not. I just imagine somewhere out there with, with you know, like polycystic kidney disease who like decides that they have to hang upside down in a closet every new moon or something, you know, to counteract the gravitational pull from the... <laughs> I mean, how else do you, do they suggest anyways to avoid it? Otherwise, no. you're just waiting that whole day for something to pop. Yeah, you know? all right, guys. So anytime you have somebody with, P, uh, with polycystic kidney, uh, poly, yeah, polycystic PK, whatever, um, any, anytime somebody comes in with that in the ED and it's, an, and it's a full moon, make sure to tell them to hang upside down in their closet um, on that time of the month. Adam, go ahead. Yeah, I need, I need to share a pumpkin yeah, pack. Yeah, tell me your thing. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Do your, do your uh, this pumpkin pack is for Abby. Uh, more than 1.5 billion pounds of pumpkin are produced in the U.S. every year, and about 80% of those crops are picked within October. The top producing pumpkin states are Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and California, with Morton, Illinois being the self-proclaimed pumpkin capital of the world. You're welcome, Abby. That brought my little pumpkin heart so much joy. Thank you. All right. So one of my favorite things to do during Halloween is carve pumpkins. Granted, I haven't done it in multiple years because finding pumpkins in Maryland and D.C. suck because uh, I'm used to going in the field and actually getting them like a normal person. Right. In Morton. Yes. Right. In Morton, wherever that is. I've actually never heard of that place before today. Sorry. I'm sorry. Just for context, Morton, Illinois is my hometown. <laughs> All right, so going on to my pumpkin carving thing. So basically, every time I carve a pumpkin, I do it with like a giant butcher knife. And I mean, I am very cognizant of like how stupid it is because like I'm going to cut my hand one day. Well, there was actually a study done on this of finding if like knives or like those little cheap carving tools that they sell at Safeway are which one's safer. And it's quite interesting because they actually use cadaver hands. So there's actually some cool pictures here of like hands tied to a machine and they're like testing knives on them to see like which one's more dangerous. What <laughs> Armand's the f- face. What the f- <laughs> it's true. It's great. Wait, um, no, no, hold on. Are, did they put the knives in the hands of the cadavers and then a pumpkin and then there's like a machine that just like they stuck the hand of the cadaver on that's just like chopping or going with the pumpkin or are the knives going on the hands? The knives going on the hands. Here, I'll show you. No, don't. I don't want to see this. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. Calm down, Armand. Imagine the people who donated these bodies. Okay. (laughs) 
All right. So, I mean, according to Dr. Yellow, probably like a bad use of cadavers. So that's going to be one of my teaching points at the end. Don't use cadavers for defiling them with Halloween equipment. And anyway, so they were trying to see which one was better by looking at what uh, tendons they cut because tendons being severed is like a huge deal with the knives. And they actually found that those like cheap things at Safeway are actually a hell of a lot safer than using steak knives. Well, yeah, they're from Safeway. I mean, there were some limitations to this study, basically saying that like they had to use a lot of force with these to actually cut things, but they did show like a giant percent difference. Like a plain kitchen knife caused like 75% of the flex or digitorum profundi to be like severed. Whereas like that medium saw blade thing that they sell in that kit, it cut like zero of them. And this is kind of like an underscored, like hidden uh, danger of Halloween because the US Consumer Protection Commission doesn't even mention like pumpkins carving safety by the date that this was published. So I think it's quite interesting. I mean, I still love using my butcher knife to stab the pumpkin and I will continue to do so. It makes plastic surgeons happy, but probably not you. I, I smell a new case for an ICD code here, man. Yeah, pumpkin carving accident. I'm just gonna do a quick Google search here. I think it falls under the same realm of, of specialized category, including avocado hand and now pumpkin carving. I feel like they're it's in the same family, right? There was like a study I found beyond this one where they like lumped it together with like people who whittled wood, like wood carving. And so like maybe it's all under that ICD code because they were looking at that, but I couldn't parse out the pumpkin part. So that's why I didn't use that one. Okay, Pranav, hit me. Yo, what about my pumpkin fact? Oh my God, yeah, go ahead, do your, do your pumpkin facts. Since Adam likes carving pumpkins, did you know that each pumpkin produces about 500 seeds? So every time Adam almost chops his hand off with a steak knife, he scoops out 500 pumpkin seeds. And they're magically delicious. Can I have some? I'm, I'm planning on growing a pumpkin next year. Um, I have a good pumpkin fact for you. Plant your pumpkin in June, so it'll grow by October. Huh. It's actually useful, thank You're you. Welcome. I would at some point, I mean, maybe this is for a different time, but a discussion about the distinction between a pumpkin and a gourd, you know, and like where the, where the Venn diagram lines fall. Good, I don't good, know. Maybe that's, that's like question. beyond this podcast. No, but, uh, you know. no, it's not. Bella, look that up. Gourds include plants in both the genera Cucurbita, pumpkins, and Legionaria. So a pumpkin is also technically a gourd. Thank you. So I can't find an ICD-10 for pumpkin, but there is one for other superficial bite to part of the neck initial encounter, AKA being bitten by a vampire. There's one for poison by anthelminthix accidental, AKA pumpkin seed extract poisoning. Huh. Pranav, it's all you. So I don't know about you guys. Um, I have been watching season two of The Boys uh, this past week. And for those of you not familiar, um, it has a lot of superhero related injuries. And I know that there's always a question around Halloween time of, if you're a parent, especially, you know, Frankie, this applies to you, know it too, whether it's safer to dress your child as, you know, say a baby Yoda or an adult Yoda. You know, I would, this, this question was really bumped around in my head and I came across this case series from 2007 um, that looked at superhero related injuries in pediatrics that was done in the UK. And it looked at five cases of serious injury in pediatric patients wearing superhero costumes that were participating in, quote, extreme risk-taking behavior. Was one of them Armand? <laughs> um, 
And I will just say, um, this article gets the award for the greatest line that I've read in a publication, which was three patients were injured after initiating flight without planned landing strategies. <laughs> but yeah, so of the, the five cases, um, four of them were wearing Spider-Man outfits. Uh, one had a Superman oh. outfit. Four of them were Armand, actually. <laughs> you know? I have never fallen, okay? Never. I have literally worn the Spider-Man costume and like climbed upside down the, the stairs in my like first apartment. Um, honestly, this article, I also picked it because it felt so relatable um, because I don't know about you guys, I still run around and jump on things and shout parkour and it feels great. So it doesn't re require it to be Halloween. It can be any holiday. So the interesting things from these cases were um, the pattern of injuries. The, the only case that they really went into detail with was the first one where this patient fell unwitnessed from a second story window and came in with a right frontal hematoma and a right uh, metatarsal fracture. And then they got a whole pan scan of imaging that showed no other injuries and they were discharged the next day. I think when we talk about this in the ED, right, their, you know, management for these kinds of patients doesn't really change too much. But what's interesting is the prevention side of everything, um, which this article goes into really great detail. And so looking at it like from primordial prevention, where they're just talking about like getting rid of risk factors, one thing they bring up is like, are superhero stories even safe for kids? Or do they promote bad behavior? And I see Armand's face right now just dropping. And that's exactly what my reaction was. Um, so there was actually a study on this in a German journal. They compared the psychological effects of superhero comics to nursery rhymes. And their findings were that comics may be dangerous in quote, populations of severely disturbed children. Did not clarify what severely disturbed meant. And I unfortunately did not have access to the full text, nor did I have access to a capacity to read German. Um, so <laughs> couldn't, couldn't give you much more on that article, but there was a counter argument that was presented, which was by the National Association of Education uh, of Young Children that promotes, quote, superhero play. And it's something that's advocated nationwide in the US at least, basically. And they published guidance on how to safely and effectively use superhero media in an educational setting and at home. You know, the pros that they see are they instill values, teach moral lessons, um, but the key thing is being able to help children distinguish reality from fantasy, and then also putting emphasis on real life heroes, which I thought was really wholesome. The other big prevention piece that they, that they talk about in this is the primary prevention and kind of preventing the fall from ever happening or the injury from ever happening. Um, and so they talk about the use of safety wear. And so when I think of safety wear for kids, I just immediately jump to those like foam helmets that they put on toddlers when they're learning to walk, which they actually cite in this article as well. <laughs> and they actually mention how safety wear can actually lead to a paradoxical increase in risk because of risk compensation. Um, which is the phenomenon of I'm a kid wearing a helmet so I can take harder hits. Um, and so, yeah. <laughs> and there's Noah. Oh my God, everybody, welcome Noah to the podcast. Hi, Noah. Hi. Noah's listening to your hot takes on safety. The only last piece that I was going to add was um, the other recommendation they make is a reference um, to traffic fatalities um, and pedestrian fatalities, which do have an increase during Halloween for kind of the obvious reasons of it's dark out, people are wearing dark things, people are wearing masks and they can't see cars coming at them. And there's a lot of pedestrian traffic. This was actually a study in JAMA in 2019 that looked at this. They basically concluded, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's Halloween or whatever, um, we should just work on reducing traffic fatalities overall. 
Um, so don't focus on the costumes. So yeah, I think dress Noah however she wants to be dressed. Just make her, you know, pop. Or how I want her to be dressed. I guess you have that choice. I mean, listen, if she's not smiling in the Yoda outfit though, you know. Yeah. Just lay one out on the ground and lay the adult and baby Yoda outfits on the ground True. and let her choose. Pranav, I was wondering, did any of your research confirm or refute the fantastic agreements of the Incredibles and the professional pronouncement of the wonderful Edna when it came to the <laughs> for for superheroes and their costumes? Any 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 backup on that, or is that just her professional I, opinion? That is an excellent question, uh, Charlie. I did a little digging. I could not find anywhere where they mentioned capes, and they did not mention capes specifically in this article. Definitely worth some further further research, I agree. Also interesting in that German paper, how they compare superhero stories and nursery rhymes as if nursery rhymes aren't even like remotely messed <laughs> oh, yeah. up. Like, are we kidding? Yeah. We could also blame Germany for Hansel and Gretel to begin with. <laughs> Some like just so many woodcutters just coming into the forest and hacking people to bits. Um, okay, I had one really quick question, Pranav. This was done in Peds patients. Did they specify like this case series if it was like older Peds patients or if it was younger Peds patients? And also a follow up to that: How altered were they? Kit Kat coefficient. <laughs> yeah, to your to your first question, um, it sounds like most of these patients were like early childhood like six to 10. Mm. It sounds like it at least drops off as they like leave the imaginative years, childhood. Uh, um, and they're willing, they're able to like comprehend consequences. But yeah, I would be very interested to see this in uh, not just a teenage population, adolescent population, but uh, adults. Oh. Young adult. Yeah, I was just thinking, I have a lot of friends who have surprisingly a lot of friends actually who have dove underneath parked cars to be like a James Bond thing. I don't know what that is. By friends, you mean you? No, 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 no. Never me. No. I, I dress up as Spider-Man whenever I get the chance. Over the car. Not under. Parked car parkour. Oh, my God. Parked car. Right, okay. Uh, you know, Pranav making the comment of, of how people were noted to jump into the air without any plan for landing. <laughs> plus DC's penchant for PCP usage. Yeah. Makes this year quite interesting. Okay, Kyle, what's your pumpkin fact? The Guinness World Record for the heaviest pumpkin is 2,624.6 pounds. The guy watered it with up to 100 gallons of water per day, and he won an $8,519 prize for win for heaviest pumpkin competition. I, I'm about like 100% sure that it costs more to keep that upkeep that pumpkin than it did for how much you got. Probably 100 That's gallons of water a day. <laughs> water a day. I bet he didn't have to use a knife to carve it. I bet no, he used, used a chainsaw. One of those it's more safe. Yeah. It was no injuries <laughs> at all. <laughs> Don't worry. Producer Bella here. That's the end of part one of our Halloween special. Please stay tuned for part two. In the meantime, stay safe, wear a mask, and have a happy Halloween.